What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, DC, host of the What The Shit Podcast. I want to thank y'all for listening. If you could, go to the Facebook page, What The Stuff Podcast. Become a member of the crew. Also, you can hit us up on Instagram, What The Shit underscore podcast. Catch us on iHeart and everywhere else. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Shit Wednesday, we are live in the building. Ooh-wee. Yes, indeed, we are live. Chris, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Just listening to the <laughs> the trade news. Yeah, so <laughs> Cleveland finally pulled the fucking trigger. I know a lot of people are happy and sad at the same damn time. Uh, most of the people that are sad are in Carolina. I'm sorry for y'all. Y'all got Baker Mayfield now. <laughs> yeah, they got him. <laughs> They got roast beef sandwiches and two dime bags of hash. I was about to say, yeah, it ain't even Arby's. You, you're getting the less than Damn, the fat man, trimmings. Finally pulled the trigger. It's been an ongoing saga in Cleveland. Will he or won't he stay? And they finally got rid of him. We knew, we knew he wasn't going to stay. He pretty much was saying, like, he's, he doesn't want to play. He does not want to play for Cleveland. But see, I can't blame him. I can't. You know, because I'm like, I, I'm not gonna blame him. Like, yeah, you had a your last season was better than the previous season, but that ain't enough. The fact that they kind of hung you out to dry as quick hey, as they did. He, he, he ain't he ain't he ain't endear himself to the fans, man. He uh, yeah. 
It's crazy. Um, I mean, what they got for him was like a conditional fifth round pick. Like he was a formal first and got traded to a fifth for a fifth. To a I, I could swear it was a fourth, so the fifth is even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it ain't it ain't looking too good right now for Baker Mayfield. But uh take wish him around. wish him the worst. <laughs> Nothing but the worst out in Carolina. Him and Sam Darnold can play ring around the rosy and figure out who's gonna start. <laughs> Which is crazy because they played. That's Cleveland the same week, thing he did here. <laughs> yeah, he did the same shit here. <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't a good look. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> so I know you uh you went to the USFL uh game this weekend. How was it? It was live. I for I didn't think it was going. It was packed. Like it was a packed house here in Canton, man. It was a lot of people. I see my old football coach, uh, a bunch of other people, man. It was it was. It was good for the city, man. I guess it put money in their pocket. Um, it goes to show that I guess Canton can host more stuff once they fix and finish uh, buying people out of their houses. And <laughs> well, they I still mean, doing they, all that construction around the stadium still uh, too. So I mean, they I um, think they just picked that back up. Yeah, they got lofty goals, man. They talking about a water park and a convocation center and a basketball thing and restaurants and hotels and resorts and all this other stuff and i'm just like man it's the same five bust in there the same rings the same trophy i mean i've been there twice and like i was like you know what i've seen enough like, <laughs> like you've added I've nothing enough. to the you've added nothing to the sandwich there's no value um <laughs> i don't i live here so i'm not paying for hotels and resorts and restaurants and stuff that's for tourists that's what i mean it's really about tourism they're trying to maximize the dollars and make Canton one of the top spots, but it's Ohio, man. I'm like, come to Ohio to, 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 for a vacation. Who is vacationing in Ohio? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, I live here. That's the I real kinda, question. You're like, I can't get away from this motherfucker. I kind of, I live here and I kind of sort of like being here sometimes. It's just like, man, Y'all come here to visit? Like, really? You leave? Like, people be leaving. Like, I met a dude. He's like, man, I'm from Philly. He came out here for the game. And I was like, why? I could have watched. If these tickets wasn't free, I wouldn't even be here. Like, I got tickets. We got free tickets. <laughs> I kind of sort of was like, I guess I got to go. But yeah, if it wasn't free, I wouldn't have win. I ain't going to lie. I would have watched it right on TV or did something else because I probably wouldn't even watch it on TV. But it was a great experience. We had good seats. We was right behind the end zone. Um... But man, the prices at the stadium, yo, it was like They're three that bad. for like two Starbers. Um, <laughs> like two, and it wasn't even, it was like two lemons. Like this shit was like three bucks for two lemon Starbers. Twizzlers was like, it was like five in a pack for $34. Popcorn was like eight um, hot dogs. You cannot and charge Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse prices. <laughs> For the for the USFL game, you can't do it that. Just, it was horrible, man. Like they was charging twelve dollars for a truly. That's a case, <laughs> a case of truly, man. Damn. Yeah, man, it was horrible. But damn, I say son. all that, man. It was it was crazy. But first of all, let's uh, our first guest is here. Let me put this on the screen so y'all know we dealing with big time people. Miss Ambinar. How you oh, doing? I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing? All right. 
We are doing. Yeah, I would not. I would not go vacation in Ohio. I would not. <laughs> you, you not hurt my feelings. Trust me. Right, right. Every day I compliment. I comp, uh You know, I think about my escape. Like I was just like one of these days. I'm gonna just disappear. I'm gonna go get a pack of cigarettes in New York or something. I don't even smoke cigarettes. I'm just gonna disappear. I'm gonna find a ice cream and uh, Tommy, get your mom on the phone. This morning, I mean, it's, it's, I, I can't do it. Um, hello, and thank you for coming. Um, story, first time storytelling. What is that, and how did it get started? It is a means for people to communicate who they are through personal storytelling. So we are the sum of our experiences and everything we've ever done starts with a first first time. So you can actually weave a thread through your life through all your first times. And so, you know, <laughs> for me, storytelling, I, I grew up, I was not the kind of kid that opened up. You know, it, it's just not, it was not a safe environment at home to open up. And then at 17, I joined the Marine Corps, turned 18 in boot camp. And in the military, especially as Marines, like you're a Marine, I'm a Marine, we're cool. You know, there's no, there's no reason to really get to know each other. Uh, you're going to be there for each other. <laughs> so, and then um, when I left active duty after 10 years, I became an entrepreneur and then it was business. So it became very transactional. Right. All my interaction were pretty much, you know, hey, this is what I have to offer. So you have to offer. Is it a good deal? No. Then we're kind of moving on. And um, yeah, so I was, you know, in my mid 30s and I found myself in a situation where I realized I don't know how to make human connections. <laughs> so, um, Mr. D. Yes, yeah. he is a jar head. Hey, man, awesome. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 it broke my heart that I realized, like, I, I just don't know how to do this. So I, I prayed about it. And then I found myself traveling um, a lot, like, and I was doing Airbnbs and people were opening up their homes and they're like, hey, you know, what brings you here? You know, who are you type of thing? And you're like, well, if you open up your home to me, it's only decent of me to actually open up and share something about me. And because I was traveling and I was doing all these first time and new experiences, I started telling them stories of the things that I was doing. And they were really enjoying the stories. And the more stories I told, the more like, oh, like this whole opening up thing is kind of nice. Like people get to know you. And you make connections and they talk back, you know, they tell you stories back, you learn about them. And um, so when COVID happened, I had moved to Las Vegas. I'm in Las Vegas. I had moved to Las Vegas to start the 365 First Challenge. And because the one city around the world most, most associated first time in your experiences is Las Vegas. And I started, I moved in Las Vegas in August of 2019. December of 2019, I launched the app with the plan of 2020, you know, I'm going to partner up with all the businesses in Vegas, capture, you know, part of the 44 million people that come to Vegas, and then COVID happened. So yeah. that kind of changed, you know, like many other people, that changed my plans. And I was hearing people were having a tough time, like, hey, I'm not seeing my people anymore. And I, you know, I feel disconnected. I feel lonely. 
I feel isolated. And the truth is when we meet in person, we have very superficial conversations. And, you know, we don't, we don't do those heart to heart connections. We don't open up, we don't make ourselves vulnerable. And, you know, we don't say what's really going on. So now that that physical connection was gone, I started doing the first time storytelling broadcast to bring people on to share their first time stories. So they could, they could experience the power of storytelling and say, Hey, you know, start communicating through your stories. And then I realized people weren't very good storytellers. Um, which I kind of knew that already because when I was doing my traveling, I was, I was, you know, hitting people up, you know, I was like on the dating apps or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just here for a couple of nights, whatever. So I ended up going on like over a hundred first dates. Wow. And first of all, let me say that sounds exhausting. When I was single, I went on two and I was like, this shit ain't for me. Like, and that was a long time ago, so I know yeah. it's even crazier now. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the pool. The pool might be pretty dirty this these times around these times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, obviously it was before COVID, but I would. I mean, I would roll into town. My my best my best time was fifteen minutes from rolling into town and sitting down with somebody. Um, wow. Yeah, it was like I, I was I was becoming I was becoming quite a pro at it. Um, it got got to the point where it's like, I don't do dinner. I don't do coffee. Like if it's not an active date, like I'm out because sitting there and just listening to the same old conversations, like, oh, this is so boring. Like people have very boring lives, but it's not people have boring lives that people don't know how to communicate their lives. They don't know about communicating their experiences. So you do all the surface stuff, which gets you nowhere. And it's, you know, it's, it's boring. So I, you know, so when people start, when I started doing the first time storytelling broadcast, it was kind of like the same thing. I'm like, you know, you need to get deeper, get like deeper into it, share your thoughts and your feelings and your emotion. It's like, that's the stuff people connect to. And people are so scared. You know, you're scared of rejection. You're scared of being judged. So people don't communicate that way. Um, so I started the course and, you know, and now, you know, my mission, like I want to, turn everybody into personal storytellers because having heard so many people's stories, have it brought people together to share their stories. You know, people realize like, holy cow, we have so much more in common than what separates us. And when we connect on the human level experience, like it just, it blows people away. So, and that's the beauty, like with the first time, like if we all shared our, the story of maybe like our first cars, right? They're oh, going to be similarities <laughs> and they're going to be know. differences, right? Uh, I, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. My first car <laughs> had no steering wheel. I mean, it had no um, airbag, like driver's side airbag. Somebody stole the ignition. So I had to get a push button installed and it was like a Dodge Intrepid. Like green, it was like the worst. The leather seats was cracked, so anytime you sat down, they were hot and they pinched your ass. So it was like it wasn't my first car. Yeah. Somebody got a story like that. We need to talk because we all need a little counsel. Yeah, but it's but those are cool stories, you know. But and, and if oh, yeah. you tell it properly, right? So how did you end up with that particular vehicle, right? And and oh, and it's like you know you're gonna realize hey some people you know really worked really hard to buy their first card you know some people you know uh, you know got lucky and their parents bought them their first card you know my my stepmom my I don't, stepmom I don't even know what that's like 
<laughs> well, my stepmom, my stepmom went to the casino and she won the bingo. And that's how she ended up buying me my first car. But she went to come and get me out of the school. And I was so scared. I, I mean, I thought like, cause she was very, very strict. So when I saw her at the school, I was scared the whole time. Like, I mean, she's taking me back home. I did something wrong. Like the whole time I'm scared. And we actually get to the dealership and I'm staying in the vehicle. Like, what, you know, why are we here? She's like, get no, out of the car. And I, I'm like literally looking at the car. She's like, this is yours. And it's just not registering. It's just not like, wait, you're getting, getting a, you know, so, you know, it highlights like my relation, you know, it starts pulling layers of like what my childhood might've been like. Right. Um, but then the world that that opens up and people from different countries, you know, they're much later in life, they get their cars or, and, and so, you know, there's, there's different significance to where, but we all had that sense of freedom when we got that first car, right. No matter how jacked yeah. up it was, it took you yeah. places. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Florida, up, right. sometimes, right? Broken key um, and all, yes, yes. But that, but now yeah. we're connecting. Like, hey, this is how our experience was different. And this is how, you know, it was the same. This is how it was different, and we're getting to know each other, and we're sharing laughs, and it, and it's it's completely different than what we end up doing is, you know, Hey, um, this identity, right? Like wherever we're from or how we vote, like politics, religion, like when we do that, now we start, we start, we start having opinion. We start having judgments, even though I don't know you because you, you like, let's not connect through identity. Let's connect through our human experience. So I'm trying to get the shift so I can battle divisiveness, loneliness, and stagnation through people opening up and sharing their, their personal stories. So how does one go about learning how to one, be a better storyteller and two, being part of the movement to battle that decisiveness, loneliness and stagnation? So, uh, great questions. Uh, the, so I create, created a course, uh, and I'm about to start. So God put it on my heart to, uh, offer it for free. So I'm going to shift it to, you know, it's one of those that like, God gives you a mission it, and, you know, if you charge for it, it's not going to reach as many people as you want it to reach. And what you're like, uh, God, I'm not paying the bills, but I'm going I'm to trust yeah. you. You, know? <laughs> you say do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Uh, so if people reach out to me and at firsttimestorytelling.com, I'll get them in the course. And um, like I said, for free. And I do a bunch of also, if you're just like, just curious, you want to know more, I do a lot of free classes through Eventbrite. If you just like, oh, is this really for me? Can I really, you know, benefit from this? Because it will blow you away. Like I, I do a, a, a course on the purposes and benefits of personal storytelling. And people are just like, holy crap. Like I, I just didn't realize there's just so much value because one, you get it raises your self-awareness. Like you get to understand yourself and to communicate who you are. You get to understand who you are. And so people don't even understand who they are. So they can't communicate it. And then you understand why people don't understand you. And, you know, in one of the class that I teach is like, we have an ownership. And that's something that I had to realize. Like, hey, you know, I feel lonely because people don't get me, but I don't tell people who I am. So... You know, I have a responsibility 
you know, let me carry the load of, I'm going to communicate who I am. If you don't get it, then you might not be my people, you know, cause you can't, you can't get me, but at least I put in, I put in the effort and then you will meet the people that, that get you. And then you'll know like, Hey, these are the, you know, these are my people that are going to, they're going to understand me, support me and encourage me. And, and you'll know, cause they'll also open up. Um, so the way to join, you know, the way to join the movement is really to engage in you becoming a personal storyteller and you creating the space, right? So when, when I open up a, about a story, I'm, I'm creating this space because it's about starting a conversation for you to be yes. sharing a story. So I'm going to allow myself to open up and be vulnerable. And if I do that, I'm creating the space for you to do, you know, to do the same thing. And then, so you, the responsibility to tell the story and the responsibility to be an active listener. Like I will hear you. Like I'll make sure, you know, to, to listen. And that's why people need to get better at storytelling because some people are like, dude, get to the point, you know, <laughs> it should be, it should be engaging and entertaining. Right. If I tell you a good story, like I'm grabbing you and you know, I'm, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a white chick with gray hair, you know, in my, in my forties, whatever, different, different background than, than you guys. But if I tell you a story, I need to be able to put you in my shoes so that you understand from my perspective and, and people tell stories, but they don't do that transfer. So now again, I'm having the experience as myself. So now, you know, so it's teaching people to really do that and then to be listening and, we're working on a t-shirt line too that says, tell me your story. And it's these characters and they're having human experiences. And when you start wearing the t-shirt, you'll do a pledge. Like, Hey, if I'm wearing this t-shirt, I'm going around. It is for people to be able to talk to me. And if, when I do that, I'll, you know, I'll take the time to listen to your story. Um, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, I have one caveat to that. Cause there's one place I don't want somebody to talk to me and that's the men's restroom. And for some reason, <laughs> I am a magnet. There's a bathroom using the bathroom, and for some reason, some guy just feels the need to talk to me. And it don't be it be the most awkward conversation. Like, well, how's the weather? Uh see anything good on TV? Like, dude, I just want to pee, wash my hands, and walk out. Like, I don't want to have a full-blown conversation with you. I don't want to know your life story. I don't care. Like, and it's not that I don't care, it's just the bathroom is the weirdest place. It's a man law. It's it's a literal man law that states when you're going into the bathroom and you're standing at the urinal, urinal there is supposed to be another urinal, urinal it ain't even, empty. It, it ain't even, it ain't and even there's that. nothing to be spoken. They could be five urinals away and they still want to talk. And I'd just be like, why me, Lord? Why me? <laughs> Was I giving this curse to people want to talk to me in the restroom? I had a guy on the toilet try to talk to me. I'm washing my hands. He's like, hey, anybody out there? And I'm like, uh, no. Wow, okay. Wow. No, uh, no one's here. I need no a couple here, squares. Yeah, I mean, if they asked for toilet paper, that's, you know. Yeah. It wasn't toilet paper. He just it wasn't toilet paper. So I want to I I talk with you. I, I just felt wow. like that was weird. Like, I don't. Uh, that is time weird. time and place for everyone. But the men's restroom weird. ain't that place. It's not that. one of them. Bathroom um, at a yeah. club. Um, nowhere. We had a. Uh, no bathroom. Back. It's probably changed by now, but back in, in 1995, when I went to boot camp, when we went to the rifle range, the barracks, we stayed there. The bathroom were all open. Oh, so it was like, God. Yeah. You know, 
toilet, 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 and you're looking at each other, and you're like sitting on the toilet, and you're looking at each other, and you're trying not to look at each other. So some people I get conversation because you're like, well, shoot. <laughs> well, yeah. You got here. tunnel vision. You got to put tunnel vision on you. <laughs> I don't, I don't see these here. people. Yeah, that is my waking nightmare. An <laughs> open bathroom like that. Ah, oh, God, I'd rather be around a clown than that, and I hate clowns. Like I just <laughs> shit. Oh my God, like, everybody's got to do it. Bathroom? Yeah, no, but I don't care. Like, I don't. I don't want to see it, nor hear it, nor talk to you while you do it. That's just bad that enough. Is. I gotta smell you. I don't want to see anything uh, else. Dude. So, so you're not having your wife come in the bathroom and do no, her thing. No, 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 no. I run no. in and out. Like I, I just, I can't. Like my son, like will come in the room and just, like my basement, it has like an open in the back. There's a bathroom. He just come down and like just pee, like just whistling. I'm like, dog, like you, there's a bathroom <laughs> with a door upstairs. Go there. I don't. I just. I don't know. It's my. It's a. It's a phobia. It's a fear. It's bathrooms and, uh. and clowns and mascots. I don't do mascots either. I um, have to say, men men peeing is a is a sound that annoys me. Like it's yeah. Like, like what's it so loud? It, it sounds like it's in stereo every time. You, yeah, it does. No, no, it doesn't matter. It, it, it does. But see, no. that's just our our way. Of like, okay, we hit the water, especially if we're waking up in the middle of the night. Oh, uh, we hit the water. We're fine. We're fine. We don't. Yeah, well, in the dark. That's not. You can, you can be. You can be like in a different part of the house, and you'll hear somebody like a dude. Yeah. Like why? But in on a real note, and your concept is intriguing and the reason why i say that is because when you mentioned covid at a time where people were shut down and you really had no physical interaction whatsoever and you you couldn't a lot of people didn't go on dates or didn't they didn't do a lot of physical or interaction physical interactions like you know those are different type of dates but uh (laughs) but uh it's 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 refreshing to know that you have a concept where you were inviting people, like you mentioned the Airbnbs. I think that's dope that, you know, like you, you put it perfectly. These people opened up your home, their home to you. It would only be fair for you to tell a story about yourself. Not your life story, maybe, but I something to just kind of, well, something to kind of open up the door, so to speak, to say, hey, you were kind enough to do this, and, and it reminds you of certain things from like medieval times and stories yeah. and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's funny you said that because sometimes I felt like I was like singing, you know, performing for my dinner, you know, when like tell me a story. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was so much it was so much fun. And I, you know, and it still it still stumps me how hard it is for me to get people to embrace this, like how hard it is for people to feel comfortable opening up. But it's also people don't realize how much of your life you've put on a shelf. Like you don't talk about these things anymore. And, you know, you rather talk about, you know, a TV show or whatever gossip or whatever. And then talk about like things that have happened in your life and, you know, the lessons that you so you know, I teach in the class to figure out the theme of your stories and then know where that story is best used and leverage, right? So, because obviously we're, you know, in business, people, you know, 
tell the story in sales, tell the story in marketing. They talk about how powerful it is, and it is truly powerful. But I, I'm, I'm tired of everything being used for for money, for marketing, for control, for manipulation, um, instead of like on the personal level for connection, for like I mean, it breaks my heart where the world is at and where it's going when mm -hmm. if we just connect and get to know each other on like again the human level we realize we have so much more in common than what separates us and then there's so much we can achieve and and do together it, it's just so simple yet so insanely difficult to get people to say yeah you know i i, I want this and and you know there there's a study that came that came up some writing a book on, you know, how to do battle uh, against devices and loneliness stagnation through storytelling. And there's a study that came out that, you know, divisiveness actually releases, you know, dopamine, makes people feel good, you know, to pick a side, to be part of a side, to, you know, to win through that. And, you know, like, we, and, and this is why it's being leveraged in politics. It's, you know, it's, it's, people know this and you're being controlled and manipulated and in the process and you know people just take the dopamine hit or whatever emotion it arises or anger people love being fueled by anger oh yeah and mm -hmm. you know they they move they move ahead with that and it's it's not it's not it's definitely not doing any good for for our society um and no. it, yeah right 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 i when, think people like that study is 100% true. I think people do thrive on that feeling like they belong to something, even though they don't. Um, it feels good to feel like you're one of something, even if you know you don't really believe in what you're siding with. It still just feels good, which to me is weird because I see it on social I, media all the time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's on social it, media all the time. Oh, social media is so trash. Um, I hate it. Um, because people don't tell stories on there. They just, uh, post pictures and, and do weird stuff. Or go with, or go with what's most popular. Yeah. Or fits yeah. their opinion, I should say. Or fits their but narrative. I think what you're doing does, um, provide a service because I believe the more storytellers we have, because back in the old days when there wasn't social media, um, there wasn't really books being told. Stories were passed down from generation to generation. Um, so... I think we can get back to that and we should because you need that old wise sage person who has those stories and can tell those stories and has that wisdom and they're not just in the midst of something that they heard on TV and they really have their own opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's the story of your, your family. Like, you know, we, you know, my, my mom passed away a few years ago and, you know, I really wish I would have sat her down and said, hey, I want to hear these stories, you know, and I still need to do it with my dad. Like I still because we're and especially things are moving so fast between generations that things are going to be missed because, you know, our childhood was so different than kids today's childhood. You know, it's important to talk about you know, what it was like and to get, you know, for them to have that somewhere as part of, oh, life, you know, was like that. 
and as we're moving forward, like our carrying on even the history within within the family, uh, it's just and that's why if you do it to where you know it's the common topic that you're talking about, you know, again, you know, if we told the story of our first love or the first time we've been on the plane or the first, you know, certain first where certain technology doesn't even exist anymore, that's part of our stories, you know. Uh, for you know, and and for kids to take interest, for younger generation to take interest in that, for us to take interest in the, you know, in the older generations, because um, that's 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 all gonna it's all gonna get lost. That's all you know. And what are we gonna be left with? You know, the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you do raise a point, and you have you do have generations of of families that don't talk about certain things. Um, and it doesn't even have to be traumatic experience. It could just be how they lived, how things were at their, at that time when they were growing up and it allows them to, it's always a lesson to be learned. It's always a lesson to be learned in those things. And, and it's to learn with the new generations, they wouldn't either make the mistakes a previous generation made in whatever that case may be, or, they would actually learn something how to solve a certain issue or certain problem because it's just easier, you know, instead of like, Oh, I'm gonna find out and do it my way. And I'm like, yeah. And this is how you all are. Uh, this is how you fall in your face. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when yeah. you could have just went down the corner and around the block and been fine. And the, and the beauty when you tell a story, like how people, when you tell a story, whoever's listening is going to get, you know, it, let them get, take the takeaway. Right. So I, you know, let's say I used to tell my Marines. So I have a story. <laughs> I have a story of a hit and run. Um, but I ended up t- going home and telling my parents about it. So I used to tell my Marines every every new platoon, every new section of Marines I stood in front. I told them the story because at the end, it's that telling the truth pays. So I would tell them the story so they would understand, like I got myself in a really bad situation, but I chose to to tell the truth. And because I told the truth, you know, my parents had my back and ultimately my mom gave me some money to, to pay for the damage, you know, without telling you the whole story. It's a funny story. Um, but, um, you know, I ended up keeping the 500 bucks. Um, so, (laughs) so, uh, you know, told the truth so that the Marines would know, like, if you guys get in trouble, like, come tell me, you know, (laughs) I, I will have your back. You and now, if I find out from the leadership, then I'm going to be pissed off. You didn't come tell me. Um, so, you know, there are stories like that where to make your point and it, it makes you a person to other people's eyes. Like, oh, you know, this person screwed this up. Responsibility too. Yeah, it's it's, yes. it's it's so it's so powerful to communicate that way. And if the person doesn't get it. You don't you, you don't need to beat it into them, you know, like you, you plant seeds, you know, people need to get used, you know, we're, we're in the business of seeding, you tell your story, you seed, and you know, somebody else will, will water and you know, the harvest will, will come. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. We're gonna hold that thought for a second. I got to bring in our next guest. Let me get this going because I meant to give you the clap, but for some reason it was a yay. Um, <laughs> it still works. Um, our next guest. Mr. Donnie Cash. Do that again. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? What up? What up? What up? How you guys doing today? Good, good. Hello, yeah. sir. Um, 
glad to see you're feeling better. Uh, we were supposed to do this once before, but you got it, got it a little under the weather. Um, uh-huh. So glad to see you feeling well. Um, Donnie Cash is brought to us courtesy of Kick Up Your Heels Entertainment. Um, so please tell the people who you are and what you do before we go any further. So my name is Donnie Cash. Um, I'm a recent uh, U amputee. So I do a lot of speeches for uh, kids, for the youth. I also do like um, motivational speeches just in general for uplifting people and getting them through traumatic times. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Chris, I'm gonna let you go. I know so, you, you well, <laughs> I knew you had a question. So, I was so, so I'm looking. So, you're a motivational speaker, and yes, you're sir. also uh, uh, an amputee. Mm-hmm. I know, and you go to just different schools. You said, right? Yes. So I know, as, I know, as kids their perception when they first see you and then the perception they have after you've spoken to them, what is that? What does that look like? So when they, when they first, when I first usually get on the stage, something like that they're all looking at me, kind of looking at my legs, trying, trying to really figure out what's going on. A lot of them have, have never seen an amputee before. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm the very first person they've ever heard. But after I start talking to them and kind of figuring out what they're going through and tell my whole story and stuff like that, they really, they really start asking more questions to get a little more confident with me to like, so, cause they're very curious of like what I have to go through on a day-to-day basis and just what it's like to be an amputee. So I find at the beginning, they're kind of like, they're really shy and they just, they're kind of more staring and they're just trying to figure things out. But by the end, they're very open to ask all these questions and about what I have to go through and all that stuff. So it's really nice to see the change of them and they help they open up and they get more comfortable to being able to ask these questions that they maybe not be comfortable asking other people. That is one dope too. Um, makes you a good storyteller, which kind of coincides with what's been going it's on. <laughs> um, you're big into mental health. Um, mental health advocate. You do a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you're a busy man. Like I, I see your social media. And I'm like, this guy does a lot. This man. Absolutely works. Um, you know, there's some people who something happens to them and they kind of wither and they they don't quite know how to get up from that. Uh-huh. Um, you had a tragedy. How did you get up from that to feel the confidence to be where you're at? Um. So I, I again, like when I lost my leg and I finally got out into the real world is when COVID happened. So I'm ready to take on the world, you know, ready just to start this new life. And then COVID happened, everything, everything, oops, everything kind of like shut down. So I went through my depression. Um, it just, it was really bad, right? I would sleep all day pretty much. I, I didn't really want to do anything, but I was still doing rehab. And I started missing appointments. And I just started like really, like, so I was just really done with life. And I just, my, the doctor, she's like, would you be willing to talk to someone? I was like, you know what? I'm so far down this, this path right now. What, what could be really worse? What could be really worse? So I'm like, sure. So I'll talk to her. And it allowed me to give me more mindfulness of what I've gone through and like how far I've gone. And it really just started pushing me and realizing like people watching me too. Like you have to you see yourself in a box. You only see outside the box. You know what I mean? So I saw from the inside of the box and I was just like, I'm not really doing anything. Like this is, this is crazy. But then I started, got the help, started talking to her and she created more mindfulness for me. She started opening my mind up and just seeing like, where I could take my life and where I could go with my life and the impact I could have on people. 
And I started doing like a little, starting to be more positive, just doing more things. She'd give me little tasks to do week to week, just to like be more mindful, more positive. And eventually just started getting better and better. And I just started seeing that what I was doing for people and how my situation, which in my head now was, wasn't so much, but to the other people that it was, it's a huge, huge situation they have to go through. So that if I could be the voice for them or show them that they could get to where they want to be and, and that it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you have the willingness to, to do it and willingness to push forward, you, you, you can get there. So I started seeing that and I was like, you know what, like, this, this is this is what I'm meant to do on this planet. This this is my job. So I kind of just like, you know, I, I, I can't really go down that path anymore because there's so many people I can lift up and only people's life I can save in just like through my speeches and stuff like that. So that's what really got me to where I am now. We're just wanting more. There's a lot to unpack in that. But the main takeaway is something that I kind of try to uh, push on this show is that you never know who's listening to your story mm-hmm. might be motivated to do more and be more. Um, oh, because oftentimes, like you said, you people want to quit even in less, lesser situations. You know what I mean? Somebody lose their job and all of a sudden they're like, I just want to quit. But mm-hmm. they see somebody who went through this and they're doing better. You know, you, you went, you did the work. Yeah. Uh, people got to understand the work has to be done. Um, you can't, tell great stories you can't motivate people if you're not doing the work yourself that's one um two you have to be real with yourself like you said you had you you felt like you were at that point to where i got nothing enough to lose why not mm-hmm. try something different um that that is powerful to one be true to yourself and know that i'm going through something and i can't do it alone you sought the help, you did the work, and now you're in a better place. You're actually helping people. And to me, that is one of the greatest things that anybody can ever do is turn tragedy into triumph. Turn mm-hmm. something negative into something positive because we all go through stuff every day. And the central thing has been that COVID. We all have a COVID story. And uh, yeah. I have a COVID story. <laughs> um, I can tell my COVID story, um, but it ain't about me but just know that that common thread is something that as you said and we can all use as a jumping point to tell our stories kobe got him down he was going through it but he's back in a better place now he's going out into the world doing the work and i can't say how much i appreciate you telling your story um not only just here i mean to the people who listen to you because people need to hear that people need to know that you can make it and you can be more than your situation, um, more than your current mindset. Um, it's easy to get negative. It's easy to quit, um, but you didn't, and you guys are doing damn well. Um, it's it's something service. that not everybody can do. That's true. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a motivational speaker. I tried. That is hard. Um, trying to motivate people <laughs> every day, um, but it takes a mindset that you have to be above yourself and take yourself out of it. And like I said, seeing your work and, and seeing what you do, man, I, I again I can't uh, say it enough. Like you, yeah, I mean, because like you, you like I don't want to get all emotional. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I try not to be that host to be Oprah and be like, oh yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you 
do that very well. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of Oprah. Don't, don't yeah. yeah. My mom. It was um, it was uh, General Hospital, whatever came before that, and then Oprah. Days of our, so, General Hospital, <laughs> Days of Our Lives, days as the world turns. As, as, yeah. uh, young and the restless. So I've seen all the dramatics. Um, that's probably why I'm messed up now. But anywho. Um, but no, man, like what you've been through and where you're at and what you guys are. Like I said, I can't, I love hearing these stories. Um, that's kind of the reason why when we transitioned to the show, it was more to bring people on to tell them stories because that first person storytelling, I hate TMZ. I hate outlets who tell people story for them and don't give the people a chance to tell their own story. That's weak to me. And I hate, I'm not sensational. I, I hate other podcasts that do that too. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I gotta say it. Um, if I can have the person on and tell their story, I don't care whether it was good or bad, whether it was in some controversy. I'd rather that person be able to tell their start of the story than me stand up here and try to tell it for them. It just makes me feel weird. Um, so, motivational speaking, talking to the kids, but you also do more than that. You're you're in the media game, photographer. Uh-huh. Like you talk, speak on that, like on that side, like the business side of what you do too. So, um, like before this whole, my whole incident happened, I was a photographer, videographer, working full time for a for a rap company. Um, and then my whole situation happened, and like, I wasn't sure getting out of the hospital. Like, I didn't even touch my camera for like four or five months. My friends were like, "You good?" Like, I'm like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do with my life, and I was with my depression and stuff like that. But then I just, I just started to, to take things on, just take gigs on, and just like, I looked, I, I stopped looking at myself as broken. I like, I looked at it like, let's try this, let's do it. And if I can't do it, I can't do it. But if I can, it's amazing. Let's, let's push forward with this thing. So I, I just started doing it, started getting more gigs, like doing, just doing free things for people, just to get my, my, my feet wet, you know what I mean? And then they, they, I really didn't tell them there was no thing that was really holding me back at all, even for filming and stuff like that, but like the stabilizer. There wasn't much that I really couldn't do. And then I just started, so like I got picked up by a company and I started traveling with them and going like to different, like to LA, to Miami and stuff like that. And just filming like their vlogs and their behind the scenes for all that stuff like that. And I did their first vlog for them and like it came out better than I thought it was going to. Like I wasn't sure, you know, you're kind of in it. You're like, you're like, you're not really sure what you can do it. And I was just like, can I do this? Can I? Like I'm filming them. So my footage isn't the, is the most stable, but I still did it. And like it came out really well. And I was like, okay, wow, this is. This is something I could definitely do, and just like it was the only thing that was really holding me back was my mind and how I was thinking and how I was processing things. He's a jack of all. He's a jack of all trades. It's what it's boiling down to, really. I try, you know what I mean. Like it's, you might as well try things, and if you don't try it, you never try it. So you're gonna look back and be like, man, I really wish I tried it. If you try it and it doesn't work out, at least you tried it, right? If you try it, it worked out, then amazing. You're 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 laughing. You're you're winning. So that's how I really look at things and and go forward for a lot of things I do in life. I, I'm I'm just I'm just down to try it. I'll, I'll try it and why not? That's the attitude to have. Um, Season the day. Just mm-hmm. jumping off. The, I, I call it jumping off the porch, right? Just, <laughs> you can't be like too many people sit on the porch and watch life pass them by. That's the metaphor I've always was taught as a kid. You never really sit on like somebody's out there having fun. You grow up, people out there playing football. You're like, man, I want to play football, but I'm gonna just sit on the porch and watch people play football. Yeah, I, I never wanted to be that person, and I think that's the attitude everybody should have. Like, just do it. I jump out there and be what you want to do. Like, 
but there's a nice humility to his his past you know like yes. I, I i can tell you i've always been extremely confident in everything that i've approached and i failed mm -hmm. miserably so it's one of the things that but, really but you can walk away you can like, walk away saying you did it though that's the thing yeah, yeah. i mean well, but i got to the you? point where where i was like <laughs> but that's what drove me the depression was like well what the heck Right. So I'm because that's what the world tells you. Right. Have the uh -huh. confidence, go after it, do it. And I was, I mean, doer like fear. Yeah. I didn't know fear. Right. Always, always stepping out, stepping out. And I would fail, pick myself back up, fail, pick myself back up. Because that's what the world tells you to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was not addressing my feelings of failures in this darkness and this anger started like taking over me to the point where depression and being suicidal and because hey i'm doing i'm doing it according to how people say you know you do it and i can't, mm -hmm. I can't succeed and you know it, it got to the point where it's like i i saw two options blow my brains out or give my life over to god and clearly and one of the things he had to teach me was some serious humility you know like be uh, humble about you know the the things that you do and your reason for doing them and donnie's like yeah. exemplifying that right yeah i'm learning humility and, now because yeah i'm i try to be humble I think you got me beat. Like you, like, you got me. I'll be like, man, I'm I'm doing what I can. You know, I'm doing a little bit, and people be like, no, nah, man, you supposed to talk about it and tell everybody. I'm like, no, nah, man, because I don't want to mess up. You know what I got going on? Because you know, like you said, you can get too cocky. You can be overconfident. We didn't see many of people be super confident and and not know what the heck they was doing, and it and it ends up horribly. And then you got this guy who nonchalantly is just like, uh, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll try it. Why not? And then he ends up doing, doing better than people who thought they knew what they was doing. I've seen it. I've been on both sides of that. So and that, that used to make me so angry, feel like with anger and jealousy. And it's like, and, you know, but I didn't see the person's heart. Like the person had a really good heart and it came from that place. And, mm -hmm. you know, now I, I see that and it's like more and more like I want to have that kind of heart, you know, and that's that's how I want to show up. So that's that's awesome. That is. I, it. I mean. Yeah. Traveling, shooting, doing all this, all this, all this, all this grand stuff, editing. Um, What's a normal day for you? Um, normal day is I, I wake up, um, do a little med meditation in the morning, you know, get my, get my mind right. Get my mind. I knew you meditated you know, just, that. I don't really touch my phone in the morning. I don't like to see any social media just because I know that it's going to maybe direct my mind in a different way just by seeing one video as a video. So I like to get my mind right. Um, I like to take like my nutrition. So I think it's like, it's a complex athletic greens has all my minerals and vitamins. So I take, I drink that while I'm doing my meditation. Um, I'll have a shower. Um, I'll get ready. I'll put my leg on, and then I'll, I'll go. To, I'll go to work, which I, I work at a, a wrap shop right now. I'm a manager here. So we do all the wraps. We wrap cars. We do, we do all the customizations of the cars, mm. powder coating, starlight. We do anything you see in the cars. We, we can do it. So I'm here on my feet all day, just helping clients out, closing clients. And then uh, in the evenings, I usually where I do the work. I'm really writing my book right now. So every day, I try to slowly get each page done. You know, chapter by chapter. 
or I'm just trying to figure out a plan and figure out where my next talk is going to be and what I'm trying to do in like the next couple months. And like try to just find out, find like a path myself where for my, whether it's the social media, if I'm doing like the reels or my posts, I'm just trying to set up and be ahead of everything just so I know what my plan is for the next couple months so I can just stay on track with that. That's what's up. All right, right. Um, plans. Oh. No, because he, he it was so it's such a precise breakdown of his yeah, routine, could, uh, and it's so it's so disciplined. No, it, 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 at the beginning it wasn't like that, but then I started seeing more benefits of being disciplined and teaching myself that. And it would just if I didn't do my discipline, I would feel off the whole day. And like well, I'm like my whole day, my whole day would be done. So I just found that staying on on a certain task and a certain cycle of things. You know what's going to come up. You know what you you have to do in the next hour, two hours. It just makes your life, in a sense, way more easier because you just know where you're going, where you're sitting there, going through Netflix, trying to figure out what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Where I just, I just, I really like to stay focused, just because I see the benefit of everything again. I see where I'm going. I see where I'm headed, and I know that six months of hard work can bring me two years ahead of than I would be sitting home and watching like Netflix or like random TV shows and stuff like that. It doesn't, it doesn't. It benefits me, but it also benefits the people and the people I'm talking to in the speeches too. So as I grow myself and get bigger, I can teach these people how to do these things. I can teach them the little, the little tricks that I didn't learn through my journey to to stay on this path and stuff like that. So I really feel like it's just like me doing my part in this world, to just teaching people how to become the better version of themselves. One, Something that's awesome. all can learn. Two, I'm about to change my whole day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. Ah. Um, y'all writing books, got plans. I'm sorry, I, I'm just I'm just tripping on Donnie's on daily here. routine, and I'm just like, I know there's about like nine of those steps I'm not doing. <laughs> Gosh, been, you can get there, though. You can get there eventually if you really want it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like know. A- after after waking up, I was just like, yeah, I don't do the rest of those. I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I wake up. I like, I wake up and then that's it. I like, uh-huh. I got one out of the twenty. You just, you just, see, you see, you just see the benefits of it, and when, you see, when the benefits over succeed the the negative parts of it, you just like, just like, why would that? You know what I mean? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Book writing. How difficult is that? I'm not even gonna lie. It is. It is not easy. You start off and you're, you have all these ideas and you're, you're ready to go. You, and then once you start writing it down, you just start realizing how much more you're. Like, you thought you, you thought you were just gonna do this little this little ball, and then you realize the book's gonna be existing now. Because as you start writing, you start adding new things. You start learning new things as your day to day goes. You start reading like this. This book is gonna be more like way longer than it was. And then sometimes I, I you do get writer's block too, where you just like. You kind of just want to skip to the next chapter because you're kind of still fixated on this one part of it, but it's not your mind's not clear anymore. You're not really thinking. You're just trying. You're really just trying to push it when it's not coming out naturally. You know what I mean? So you just gotta like really just be calm with yourself and just like yo, set goals, but just understand that like it's not gonna happen exactly how you want it to be, and that there is gonna be days off where you don't write anything. There's gonna be days that you write like four chapters, and just you guys gotta stick with the process and just love the process and just know that. This is my end goal. This is what I want, and as long as that end goal gets achieved, then then you really did your job. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the keys the keys to get it out. The key mm-hmm. if you start reading what you wrote. Oh, you just you're, you're stuck there. It's just like just 
keep keep writing just keep keep getting out and um i'm trying to keep i'm trying to take my because i've self-published quite a few books i'm trying to take oh, it really? to the, i'm trying to take it to the next level like i i and and that's it's funny because i because i know i want to do that i'm kind of stuck because it's just like because whatever i've done before i'm like i want to i want to i want to do it better so it's more research uh -huh. and um so i'm outlining more and and you know it's it's easy when you do research because you're like well i don't want to plagiarize but now i need the research exactly so, no, I don't, yeah some, some of it's like well, i just put this in my my own words so when you're writing your story and it's all your stuff then that's easy but when you want to beef uh -huh. it up to back it up like hey exactly and then it gets, you know, it gets a little bit more complicated, but you have, you have to read it and put it into your own words and still make it make sense. Whereas you're not just fully taking everything, you're just copy pasting everything. Yeah. So you, you have to, you have to know, you know, the information before you put it in. Exactly. So you might spend more time learning the information to where now, okay, I can put it in my own, you know, in my, mm -hmm. in my own words. Yeah. I so. Wow. You guys get to go. That's because you're, you're, you're teaching yourself, but you're also <laughs> learning at the same time. Star, you're a free play. lunch ticket, uh, no, <laughs> free lunch ticket, everything. Really. I ain't gonna lie, I've I've written zero books. I've had um, <laughs> zero inspiration <laughs> <a> book. <laughs> um, I've read some books, a few. Uh, me and books don't get along. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys. I'm pretty much the same way. I I I don't like reading. But I, I, you know, I, I push myself to read just so I can get the information so I can write my own book. Did you, did you all, uh, Kevin Hart's book? And it's funny because he says at the beginning, it's like, this is the only book I've ever read. It's the book that I've, I've okay. <laughs> True story. I've read The Rock's book. And the stuff they make us read in school, which those I didn't even read. I got like cliff notes. Cause I was reading the catcher in the rye. I don't even know oh what the catcher in the rye is about. Um, so I love men of mice. That was a very good book. It was sad as hell. Oh, um, with George and, uh, Lenny. Yeah. Lenny. Yeah. yeah. And he killed the mouse and the woman and the dog and the, everything. Well, you just um, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure by now, if you ain't ready or seen the movie, yes. something ain't right. Uh, <laughs> it's only been about 50 years since this book yeah. has been in existed. So, sorry if I spoiled this book for anybody who hasn't seen the minute mice read the book. You're a little late, uh, <laughs> about 30 years. So, you might want to get on that and check your life because I don't know what to tell you. No, um, man. What else? Have I? I mean, I just, I don't know. I lived in an age where like computers were starting to come along. I now like I'm using that as a crutch and an excuse. Like computers was the reason I didn't read books. Now nah, I just, I don't know. I was more like one of them fantasy kids. Like if I read it, it was cool. But if I seen it come to life, then I liked the book. Um, but I always wanted to ask at the authors because I've asked a few about their process and as far as writing and they've all kind of said the same thing. It's the research and reading other work to write your book. And I was like, that never really made sense to me until they actually, you know, broke it down like that, like you guys just did. Cause like, you don't want to write somebody else's words, but you also want to kind of back up what you're saying with uh -huh. facts. So how so do you, sense. how do you combat something like that? How do you, because there's, there's times I've heard people say, 
you don't want to read too much of a certain genre. I'll just say like a science fiction. You don't want to read too much of a science, a certain science fiction from a certain author because then when to, to get inspiration, because then when you go to write your own science fiction book, you find yourself implementing some of those tropes uh-huh. that was in, in, from that book. So how do you overcome that that hurdle of not plagiarizing or making sure you're doing the copy and paste bit? How do you overcome that? Well, personally, me, I usually go and I look it up in a few different places, you know, and I kind of combine their facts, their facts, their facts, and then, like, put it into my own words, but also, like, change the words. If I really need to use this, I'll change the words so it's more into my words, but I don't just go off one place. I kind of back it up in three different places, and then got to kind of get an overall consensus of those three places, and then put it into my words from what I've learned from those three places. So it's a mixture of here, here, and here, but now it's my own words because everywhere else they'll word it differently, anyways. So as long as that's that's really how I do it. I got this. On, sorry, on the on the nonfiction side, it's how you weave your story into it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're taking the facts, but you're weaving your story into it. So. You know, the same way that the preacher preach and they're using the stories of the Bible, but they're weaving their stories into it. So it brings that unique perspective to it on the fiction side of the house. So I've written a fiction book. I I, I never got it. I'll hopefully maybe someday I will. But it's interesting because the characters, it's really true. Like the characters come to life and they start telling you what to write. So that way you're not you're creating the characters and they bring into their story. So you're not stealing somebody else's content because if you follow where your characters are taking you, then it's ultimately always going to be unique because you know, they're your characters and it is crazy. They really do talk to you and tell you where they want to go. It's, it's, it's true. What, what, what they say about that, like you're stuck and then you just get into your character and they're like, this is what I want to see happening. Okay. I would, say you were crazy about that but you're not um I've actually, <laughs> no seriously um because again over imagination as a kid i would always come up with these outlandish characters and you know different there's just entertainment and like i don't realize sometimes that i'm doing some of the things i do because i hear that voice saying go ahead and take this liberty and say that and do this so <laughs> it, it's, it's 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 true um that is totally true i will say um, I think actors feel the same way. Um, like, you know, when you're writing a script, uh, I think I heard, I can't remember who it was, some um, dude who wrote a script. Um, he said it's kind of sort of the same thing. It's like when you're doing a story that you're making up from scratch and it's not, you know, um, about science or anything like that, you're just creating these characters and telling this story. It's a lot, I wouldn't say easier, he said, but the story kind of writes itself once you listen to the characters listen to the story that they are wanting you to tell which sounds weird to people who you know don't really create too much because it's like even as a uh, as a podcast or an editor when you're watching video you're kind of watching the characters on the video of you taking and you're like where are they trying to go in this video and what story are they trying to portray and you can edit a little more seamlessly or at least i found out myself um or maybe i was just sleepy and they were talking to the screen but Anyway, um, I say all that to say this. <laughs> what you guys do is not easy, which is why I was asking those questions because, I, 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 like I said, I always like to ask those questions to people who are doing something 
either I thought about doing or was always interested in. Um, characters to me are interesting. Um, just the different layers you can give this character or the stories that you can tell with just one character and then you add more layers to the story. Um, that's why I'm glad that there are still authors around because books are different than movies. Like movies are cool, but those books you can really convey a message in those page and you can really sometimes the author really puts themselves into it to where you can feel where they were going with the story. Um so it's just the art of storytelling that I like. Uh the same thing with um I forgot where I was going. Uh the same thing with movies. But I have another question. Worse part of authoring about authoring yes like the what like what's the one thing like he was like man if i can get away from this i'll be cool honestly probably just like making the worst thing is like making sure that you stay on top and just trying to finish it personally there's sometimes there'll be like days that go by and it's like i don't even touch my book and i'm like oh my god i'm still writing a book like i forgot so like the worst thing for me i guess is just like making sure i'm on it and just getting it finished sometimes I get distracted and stuff like that or at the end of the day it's like 10 o'clock and now I'm like oh do I want to write my book now or not and I'm just like I'll just do it the next day so it's maybe like probably procrastination is probably the worst thing for me I think it's not it's to you know because when we read a book it's so polished but it's gone through the editing it's gone through so much you know it's not to judge your work as 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 you're doing it it's to you know understand like this will get better. It will go through editing. It will, it will get better. You know, sometimes you read a book and you're just so blown away and you think the author naturally wrote that mm, they didn't, <laughs> you know, like they went through a process, like embrace, embrace the process. Because if you're trying to get perfect out of the gate, then you're never going to get it done, you know, get it done and then, then polish. And that's why some authors, it takes, it takes them, especially fiction books, you know, take them five, 10, 15 years before the book, because they'll, they'll write it, they'll put it away, they'll write something else, and they'll come back to it. And, you know, but if there's a story that's inside of you that wants to come out, you know, get it, at least get it, get it started, like, like, step, step out there and, and, and get started and see, see where it takes you. Um, I think what's beautiful talking about this, it's about tapping into your creative side, you know, like Donnie mm -hmm. does photography too, you know, he plays with, he, he does things with music. I think, you know, our souls need to create. And so whatever format that is for you, you know, explore it, like give, give, give it a go. Mm -hmm. there, I've seen the underlying thing between the both of you tonight and it all boils down to the birth and it was during at the start of COVID. And I think what happens is like you said, and you know, we all need to explore our, explore our creative sides. And I think what happened, one of the positive things, which sounds weird saying it, but one of the positive things that's come out of using COVID out, out of having COVID as the lockdown or whatever it's caused people who are normally creative become either more creative or has made people who wanted to create and had several excuses to whatever reason made them want to step out that box or like DC say, jump off the porch. And I think that's something that 
uh, uh, we need more of not COVID, of course, um, but we need more people that's, uh, you know, willing to step out that box. You know, if you have that 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 passion for something to create, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's writing, you know, m- music, whatever. Step out and do it. Nobody said you had to get it done. But like we said earlier, it's like Donnie Cash just spoke. You're better off doing it than not doing it, and then looking back and say, "I wish I had done it." You know, uh-huh. even Anne said it. She was like, I, "You know, I've done many things and failed miserably, but she could still walk away." And said, "But at least I tried." Yeah. Best piece of advice you guys have ever gotten? Uh, that's a good question. I think that uh, the best piece of advice I ever got was to look outside the box instead of inside the box. Was to kind of just look back at your life and what you've done. Because you get, I went all through all this stuff and everybody's like, why wow, you do all these crazy things? In my head, it's like, oh, it's, not, it's not crazy. I, that's, that's my life. You know what I mean? So being able to look back and just seeing where you've come and what you're doing versus just being stuck in that one little box where you just don't even know and you don't see or you're evaluating what you've done. So definitely my best advice I got is just to look outside the box. I like that. One of the things I wish I would have had more in my life were, were mentors. Um, and, but I, and, and the one, one, the one, one advice that God gave me very early on in my life was I got locked in the bathroom by my stepmom with a spider, which was my worst fear. And I went completely crazy trying to get out. And a calm washed over me and God said, you know, you can be trapped by your fears or you can be freed by facing them. And um, I killed the spider and she let me, you know, she let me out of the bathroom. But unfortunately, that piece of advice, (laughs) (laughs) that piece of advice without God following through, you know, me carrying God through with that is what led me to, you know, being arrogant and overconfident and self-reliant which then led me to some bad things. I think, you know, the lesson that he wanted to take away, you know, you know, in relying on him uh, would, would have led, would have saved me a lot of pain. But uh, so I would say, you know, you do, you do want to don't be trapped by your fears, you know, be free by facing them, but, you know, do so with, you know, Again, not to bring my faith on everybody else, but do so with with you know with God. Um, know that the power is, is through God. That way, you don't think you're doing it yourself, and then you end up arrogant with an ego and mm. need, needing some serious uh, and stubborn, <laughs> needing some serious pain. <laughs> to, so, to this is two sides of every coin. The worst piece of advice you've ever gotten. <laughs> Probably, uh, probably the worst really guy. It'll be better tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Someone's like, it'll, don't worry, it'll be, it'll be better tomorrow. Like, just like, how's that help me? It's gonna be better tomorrow. Like, you gonna guarantee this for me? Like, you gonna sign a paper saying this is guaranteed better tomorrow? So like, it, that was with my leg too. Someone was just like, yeah, it'll get better tomorrow. I'm like, it's not that easy. You know what I mean? You kind of gotta get overlooked, come over more hurdles than just being better than tomorrow. But yeah, that's probably the worst place I ever got. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I think I, you're right. I, I think mine is along with with yours of just you know, 
just getting back up and not dealing with what, you know, knocked you down. Uh -huh. you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. You got, if you, if you get, if you, obviously you got to get back up, but you need, you need, you need to, you need to address, you know, the emotions, whatever, whatever, you know, got you down. Cause yeah, it, definitely. It, Way. It just, it just. Yeah. That's definitely one thing I question. That's in my book too. Is is it's not masking what you're going through or, or like hiding it. It's you go for you go for six years masking something and just trying to push it away, or you can deal with it head on for a month. Go through crying, go through whatever your emotions you go through, but now you've healed yourself. You're you're over that process now. You're good to go. So now you're not holding that baggage on for that six years now. You know what I mean? I really try to teach people that. It's not to make your past your future. Make your future your future. A lot of people they, they, they hold on to the past, and that past carries right into the future. So I definitely agree with that for sure. That is sage advice. Um, it is. I ask that because we've all heard those weird sayings that you really be like, I don't need to hear this, nor do I want to hear this right now. That is mm -hmm. like when you fall down, somebody tell you to walk it off like this. Yeah, suck it up. Suck it up. Suck it up. Suck it up, Marine. And that's what I want to ask you. As a Marine, was it as hard as people make it? You kind of have to frame that a little bit. So... It, it depends. It depends on your personality type. It, it really does. You know, being a alpha, alpha type go getter. It, it like it was a natural environment to, to be in, uh, but everybody's like that. So it's kind of like you need to be the top alpha. And so that, that can get interesting. And you, you, you know, you, you have bullies, you have like different, you know, different things, you know, it's, it can be a supportive environment, a very competitive environment. Uh, and I went from the enlisted side to the officer side. And when I wanted the officer side, it was extremely competitive. And, you know, as a female, I joined in 1995. So it was very different than, you know, what it is now. And, you know, I was, I was always fighting. I was always fighting, always standing up for myself. Like it was nonstop. Um, so it made me a certain type of a person. And obviously, you know, as a female and you know what's happening, you can't, you can't trust, can't trust people because you, the things that happen, like it, it's, it can, it can, it can, it can mess with you. You need to be extremely strong for it to be, um, like an easier experience. And for me, I knew I wanted to lead Marine. I wanted to be a platoon commander. I wanted to be in charge. So I was such a strong personality go-getter that, um, you know, I would go home sometimes and I'm, I, you know, I'm crying, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and, you know, I'm stepping back out there and I, I put up the fight that I need to, I needed to put up. And, um, you know, when they kept promoting me, sometimes I was very confused because I was not, you know, it gets political as you go up in rank and that's a whole other thing. And I didn't want to play politics. So, you know, I, I definitely paved my own path in the Marine Corps and I was always true to myself and, and what that, what that required. And so it was, it was fighting 
finding a, a lot of battles to to do that and then be able but that makes you strong and then you're able to fight battles for other people you know and 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 for me you know the best the best time of my life was you know leading you know platoon of marines and you know there's nothing those marines won't do for you and you're just so tight and you get the mission done and it's just it's just best best time of my life was leading uh, Marines. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta go through the tough time to get to the best times. Thank you. Yep. So very important question. Very, very, very important question. Chocolate. What is next? I was going to say that well, with that yeah, dramatic yeah, pause. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to, you, sometimes you got to build it up. Sometimes you got to watch a lot of Survivor and stuff. What is next for you guys? Um, what is the, because Donnie, I'm pretty sure you already have the six month goal already set. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. But what does the next year um, goal wise look for you guys? Like, what is some accomplishments? What is some some goals that you have set um, uh, as far as like, you know, do you, are the, is the book going to release soon? Just what is next? Um, for me, definitely what's next is like the, the book again is definitely what's next. I definitely want to do like go on different podcasts and talk about my book and just really push it out there. And there's a lot of people that know about this book just so that I can, I can, I can help some people, maybe save some people as well. Um, I also want to get very start getting on my, my foundation for other amputees and just helping people get through that situation and guiding them through the whole amputee process from the start to finish. You know, there's a lot of questions that I had as an amputee that I didn't know until I talked to other amputees. So that foundation is definitely there for sure. And then I really want to just start um, with my PR, just start traveling the states and Canada and just doing like big talks, like kind of like maybe not the size of Tony Robbins right away, but I definitely want to do some like workshops with some people and just to guide them and just like. Show them the process. We're really, not just reading my book now. I'm actually sitting down with them, talking to them one to one, and just figuring out where they're trying to go and just helping them get to where they need to be. So I definitely want to do like workshops and stuff like that across Canada, United States, and definitely Europe and stuff like that too. So that's where I see myself in the next in the next year or so. So I had two whiteboards full of my my plan, uh, and there's a there was a tech startup that was part of that. Uh, the first time Story Slam across the U.S. and and Europe, and there was a lot of stuff on those two boards. And uh, about a month and a half ago, God told me to erase all of that, and that He was going to tell me what the plan was. And uh, so I have a board that says God filled the board, and He's really slow at filling it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what they say. He's not every meeting, but he's always on time. So, right, right. Yeah. So, it's, 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 and for me, um, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been in the fire for the last couple of months. He's since the beginning of this year. It's been really intense walk of faith, and he's. I've been deep in the fire the last couple of months, and uh, I'm a planner. I'm a doer, and he's like. Uh, he's, he's, you know, your, your, your walk of faith, you know, both faith, like for me, if you told me, Hey, move to, you know, Africa and go do this, that that's, that's my jam. <laughs> you know, I'll go that's do the, the way things are right now. That's not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll do 
I'll move into the unknown. You know, you want me to pack everything? You want me to sell everything? Like I'm, I, I'm there. You know, that's that's me. But when God's like, uh, do nothing, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> no, that's very uncomfortable. I don't like this. He's like, I'll I'll let you know when it's time. And I'm like, uh. so I am holding steady and waiting. As, and trying not to step out of his will because I'm like, Nani, like, I got a plan. I want to do this thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny but, you mention that. It's funny you mention that because there's something I heard the other day and it was it was a motivational speak, speech, uh, speaker and he was saying you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's, where, that's, that's right. where it breaks. That's where you make that break. And I'm like, oh. Okay, I get you now. I get you now. And, and it's and funny you say it. It's different for different people, but you know, what what men what men builds, man has to sustain. What God builds, God sustains. And I'm I'm I I have been in the entrepreneurial game a very long time. I've lost it, lost my house before. Like I I've done this, and I am um, <laughs> I'm gonna have God make it so He sustains it because I can't do it in my own strength. Like I've been there, done that. I, I will stick in this very uncomfortable position until he talks me out. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to thank you two guys for coming. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate both of you guys' honesty and openness. Um, that's what a part makes this work. Um, it's people being open and honest and being willing to tell their story um, and just be free. Um, it's called what the shit for a reason. It's not, you know, uh, cakes with candy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like <laughs> so people can feel free. Um, so first of all, thank you. Um, second, I, I I I say this all the time, and I mean this when I say you guys have a home here. Anytime you guys want to promote something or have something to tell or, or, or promote, don't hesitate to hit me up. Um, I will promote it, talk about it, put it on all social medias because I believe when people share their time with us, you have to reward that, 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 that leap of faith they take because people take a chance on coming to show. And I don't mean like coming on here. I mean like giving their time and efforts and, you know, I, I like to reward that with showing my loyalty and my, um gratitude so again doors are always open um we do a little thing here called parting shots it's that last chance to one tell people where they can find you and two impart some wisdom before we shut down for the night um i don't know who wants to go first but it's always fun exciting um and let's start with you all right. Well, and find you can find me if you're looking for me personally, Anne Bernard across social media. And for first time storytelling, it's first time storytelling. And again, I want to invite you. I do teach a lot of free classes, and you can get the the course for free. So hit me up. And at first time storytelling, like again, I will give it away. I want to turn you into a personal storyteller. And I, I'm, I'm I promise you that when you start opening up and you find the right people, you will be, you will be heard and you'll be understood and you get to be remembered. And we all need that, but you, you got to do your half of the part and get ready to, to open up, be vulnerable and share 
And so I invite you to, uh, to get yourself ready, ready to do that. I'm here to help you, help you do it. Thank you. And thank you for having uh, me. Oh, you're welcome. Hey. You can find me on Instagram, um, Donnie Cash for came two H's. If you want to follow my photography and videography side, you can follow me at shot by cash for the came two H's. Um, I'll leave people with is to make it your admission to make someone else's day better. And to also don't be shy for asking for help and wanting to heal yourself. It is okay to heal yourself. It is okay to be going through bad times and you're not alone. Everybody goes through bad times. What's not okay is not allowing you to heal yourself and not wanting to heal yourself. So make it your mission just to heal yourself. Go talk to whoever you need to talk to. Open up. Express everything you're going through because it's just going to make your life so much, much more better and more passionate and more beautiful. Again. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you so much. They like to clap a lot. Um, <laughs> appreciate you guys. Um, like I said again, I don't take it lightly when people come to the show and 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 uh, talk about themselves, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do is to talk about yourself, as we learn. And um, <laughs> some people have a hard time doing it, but. I appreciate it. And again, please don't hesitate. The door is always open. I will always um, be there to help promote or whatever. Um, it's my thank you. And as part of my, my duty is being on this platform and having a chance to help tell stories and help put eyes on people who um, deserve it. Um, I think there's a lot of dope people who are doing a lot of dope things that just aren't being seen. So whatever numbers I can use to help um push that i'm always down to do um chris talk to the people uh you can follow me at BlurCon. that's right i'll be at BlurCon this weekend so check your boy out uh i'll be there friday saturday and sunday all three days vip treatments come hunt down chris fury i'll be hunting everybody else down uh also you can check out blurred's eye view Every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m., you can check us out on all podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, go to at Blurred's Eye View on IG. You can also go to the personal IG, Chris.Fury1. Uh, you can also check me out and my new co-host every Thursday, Tracy Carr, with Blurred's Reacts. Same time, same back channel. Um, same thing. Uh, but you'll check us out anytime you listen to a podcast. We always got some new stuff going on. Uh, we got some great guests coming up pretty, really soon for the month of July. Uh, you'll want to tune in for that. And uh, you know what? I don't know. It's our hometown, D.C., so, you know, pray for Akron, man. It's our hometown. There's a lot of drama that's going on in Akron right now. Uh, a lot of it I don't approve of. And just want to see the city heal you know, and get to the bottom of, of the ongoing problem that we see between the black community and law enforcement. It just, it just needs to stop. We know what it is. Other than that, the floor is yours. Well, I know where I won't be, uh, BlurCon, because I'll be working this weekend. So, <laughs> uh, there's that. Um, I'll be VIP in it um, as I carry beds into people's houses. Um, as usual, you know where to find us. We're pretty much everywhere. I don't have to say that. Um, it goes without saying. Um, at this point, 
if you've been listening to us for coming up on two years, uh, 20 days, uh, it'll be two years. Um, season six, we're still rolling. Um, everywhere that you listen to your podcast, iHeart, iTunes. Uh, cross your fingers, uh, in, in a week, I might be on Pandora. Yeah. Okay, uh, So, there's that. Um, you know, um, but it's not for me. Um, I can talk mess any time of the day, but it's also fun to have great guests on who are one dope because that's the most important quota for me is to have dope people on. Um, anybody can come on here and give us facts and figures and real boring, tedious stuff that no one wants to hear. You know, uh, yeah, we come on here every day, two plus two is five. And then if you co-sign this quota, and all that trash, um, those people we don't want. We want people who live lives who have done stuff, who's traveled the world, who's seen real stuff because that's the people who are living their dream or doing what they want to do and who are like us just trying to make it their way. And that's what's important is to do the work, jump off the porch, quit being scared. Um, if fear got me, I wouldn't be here today. Um, and fear kept trying to get me because I thought about quitting a couple times, but I'm still here and I still get to talk to dope people. So this is what the shit we ain't going nowhere. We're here to stay. I want to thank our guest, Mr. Donnie Cash, Ms. Ann Bernard. You guys have been wonderful. You really guys dope. Have been great. Thank you. You guys have been dope. Uh, you guys have been amazing. Um, shout out to, as I read the screen because I almost forgot who they were, um, <laughs> WMICR Media Group, Albums Radio, um, 4TV Hub, also Kick Up Your Heels, who have always been amazing. Uh, Rachel and Katrina has always been dope and they are special to us too. Uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for coming. You guys have been amazing. This has been our show. This has been what the shit. We're going to end it a little differently tonight. I'm just going to leave you guys with this quote. Uh, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Or if not, find somebody who you don't care about and just tough it out for like two seconds. I don't know. Um, love you guys. Be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that oh my god <laughs> okay uh yeah sorry it's, that's the beauty uh, of life as you always say that's the beauty of I life had to, because i i always ended with something crazy and then i always say something profound but tonight i just wanted to end it with a joke because it's a lot going on everybody knows it, it's crazy gas is 52 dollars a gallon um a cheeseburger is 25 dollars like it's just outrageous um just be happy and don't forget what you have and be proud of that um, stop looking at what the people next door have. Don't get caught up in all that. Be yourself and love what you have because it can always be worse. But just know it can get better as well. You just got to, like my man said, get help and get about that. So, again, appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you. You have been listening to What the Shit, a product of Black Legacy Productions and WMIC Media.